Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Now, thanks for everybody listening to the last two episodes, the Sunday edition on comedy dubs, which I had a lot of, which I had enough fun thinking about. So I'm like, hey, let's record this, and then also the my like ripping into of um what's it called of I can't believe I forgot the name Ikitosen which if you know anything about which if you haven't heard that episode those episodes go listen to them and you'll understand why I forgot what I talked about two episodes ago because that's how much that show leaves an impression on you based on what it is but today I want to do something a little bit different I've not something that we've never done before just something that I don't do often because I I'm not someone who partakes usually in the act of active entertainment if that makes any sense aside from video games and even then, a lot of those become like this brainless tunnel I duck hide myself to, through, like instinctively. So they function almost like passive entertainment, but I'm significantly more engaged in it. I just like, lots of people just like passive entertainment more than they like active entertainment. If you're wondering what I mean, active entertainment is something like playing a video game, reading a comic book reading in general. Passive entertainment is like listening to something. It's like television. It's like movies. And the thing that separates those two is how much you as the consumer of the entertainment need to interact with the entertainment itself to make it get to you. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because today I want to talk about a manga. And that manga is, I believe there's only one volume so far called How Do We Relationship? And it's by an artist and author, an artist and mangaka named Tammy Fall, which I'm going to guess is a pen name. And... I love, I'll be honest, I'm a big softie. I love a good romance story. Um, I had a I had a thought, and Slate, if you're listening to this and you think you would do this, I had a thought about getting Slate, who is definitely like a shonen action guy, to watch, um, to watch Nana so we could talk about it on a podcast and we could call it like, um... Brojo or Bro Shojo because I the the act of the act of guys oftentimes reading or reading or consuming romance material is very different from the act of girls doing it, especially when it's aimed at specifically women and Nana hits a lot. I thought about this today when I was thinking about doing this episode. Uh, Nana hits a lot different for a guy because, like, just like the girls root for the guys that they want to see the, like, Hachi and, spoiler alert for Nana, I guess, Hachi end up with, guys root for, for the guys they think Hachi should end up with. But they also, like, they know people like the douchebag she, like, involves herself with throughout that entire show. And it's just, um, it's just all the more painful. Because you're like, oh, motherfucker, why didn't you just stay happy with Nobu? He's an adorable puppy dog, man. And he will treat you right till the end of your life. Why are you like, hey, let's fuck Takumi for, like... The end of time. God damn it. Um, but if you want to hear my thoughts about Nana, I've actually done an episode. If, and if Slate, if you're interested in me forcing you to watch Nana almost immediately after you watched clearly Great Teacher Izuka, then 
I will totally make you do that for the benefit of podcasts and entertainment. But, anyway, I always like romance manga. I always like romance manga. I want to be very specific. I don't like romance manga because I find it sexy or, like, attractive. I like... I like seeing the expression of love between two people, if that makes any sense. Now, that said, based on my episode of Ikitosin, I also watch a fair amount of very horny trash. And that's just a duality I deal with in myself, and it's cool, I guess. But the thing I like about... The, the first thing I like about how do we relationship... Well, Let's stop here, and let's do a basic breakdown. How Do We Relationship is a Yuri romance manga, which means it's a lesbian couple that's in the center of it, about a couple that go, who are Miwa, who is a shy, kind of very reserved, and very, like, she makes... Miwa makes all these rules for herself, so she can allow herself to get to a certain point. Whereas the... the and I want to be very specific because I don't think this show does this. I, I don't think this manga does this and I know why it doesn't. I don't want to cast either character as being like the traditional male or traditional female in this relationship because they're both very clearly female and they're both like that doesn't apply to this relationship. Sometimes non-straight relationships, especially when they're not written necessarily by queer people, can lean on that way harder than it ever exists. And sometimes that's warranted and it works. Sometimes it just is like... You really you needed one of these two people in this relationship in which they fuck to be a man on some level so you could like get to the next point of this story like structurally and that just shouldn't be. So the other person in the other the other main character, the other the love interest in this because Miwa is definitely the main character of this show. Of this, of this story, is a girl named um, Seiko. And Seiko is a lot more outgoing. She's a lot more... She, she's a lot more aggressive. And the thing I want to be really clear about is... Another thing I want to be really clear about, at least, is that both of these... Girls have, and both of these girls who are, and this takes place in college, have been out for some period of time. Uh, even if it's not super public, they are very, they, they are at least very clear and okay with being clear that they are interested in women. They are not interested in men. And the, the, Manga does a really great job of handling the, like, awkwardness of there being male characters and them hitting on Miwa because Miwa has a lot more of a, like, aloof beauty vibe than, um, than Seiko. And then just, like, putting it out in the universe, like, hey... She's into girls. And they all are immediately like, oh, well, that's that. We're not going to cross this fucking weird-ass line that no one should ever cross. We're going to respect that she's into what she's into and we're just going to move on, which is great. They don't try to have the conversation, even with the main character, even with the side character who does hit on her, that, like, she... That, like, you will never have her. Like, get your brain off of it, and he keeps thinking about it. No, it, the, 
when he finds that out, the relationship changes, and they're friends, and they're cool with each other, and it's fine. Which is great. I will say, the one... As, as a guy who has been... Who has, seriously, trying to just be a good human to another human, and it been like... End run around, because... One woman sees another woman in a potentially bad situation, which I never intend to put anybody in a bad social situation or dangerous situation. If I have in the past, you know, mistakes are made. That's not never my intention. I'm, I. Sometimes I do things unintentionally, but if I do things, and that's and that's what I meant to do. People usually understand that, like, oh, he means to be an asshole. <laughs> like, if, if I didn't mean it, they'll be, like, just a lot of fucking wiggle room. <laughs> and because that's just the kind of person I am. If I intend to do something, like, I, my brain locks in and I do that thing. Even if it's, like, a social thing. But... They use that awkward situation to reinforce the... And there's a reason I'm not using the side character names. And that's because they're not really the focus of this manga. They do add a lot of color, a lot of fun, and... But they don't... They're not a... They're not this focus point of it. And... They, but they use that situation in the very beginning of the book to, in the very beginning of the manga, to show you how Miwa isn't really built to have the, like, dude on gay moment with another person because she's considering that person's, like, like, feelings and all that shit. She's just trying to, like, awkwardly worm her way out of it. And then in that moment, um, Seiko, and they have they don't know that each other are gay yet, just swoops in. It's like, hey, maybe you should slow down there, buddy. And she, she does it in a really, like, like, I caught you. You literally just met this girl. You, you literally just met us. Let's not do this right now. Let's slow the fuck down, okay? Okay? And there's this, like, comedic, real-world aspect to that interaction that I just respect because it is, it has all the best parts of, like, the entirely honest and dishonest universe of just men and women mixing together constantly in a way that respects all parties, all parties are making mistakes. All parties are, like, crossing different lines at the same time. And it it, get, it gets this mess, this, like, messy thing dealt with. And also, at the same point, you know that Miwa is queer. Um, but the... So after that drinking party... Uh, they, Miwan and Seiko, go home, like go catch the train home, and they reveal to each other they're both lesbians. And Seiko is like, "Then you want a date, huh?" And Miwan's just like, "Why? What? what f- fucking why?" And Seiko's just like, "Because uh, you seem like a fine person." But it's not that often that you meet another girl who's into girls and you find out just like that. And that's the kind of like awkwardness that the relationship starts with. And this whole this whole show is this whole manga, and what I really like about it, isn't about these girls coming out to people. Like that happens in the process. Eventually every eventually everybody finds out that both Miwa and Seiko are both gay and they're together. Like, they just find that out. But it's not... 
they find a way to diffuse it and not make it this big, stressful nightmare thing. They also do an amazing job of making sure that no one in the... Um, that no one in their friend group takes their right to come out to another person from them, which is a very delicate, important thing for gay people, for gay and queer people, because it, it can be a very, that's a very delicate subject, and you don't know how everyone is going to respond, which is just the shittiest reality in the world. But it just doesn't, it doesn't always go well, and oftentimes, if you're going to make someone disgusted at you, you would rather do that to their face, so, like, you can see the contortions, and you can be like, well, this person isn't the person I talk to anymore, instead of trying to go up to that person, and that person having that reaction to you without you, like, having triggered it directly, without you having the warning without you having prepared yourself for what could fucking unleash on you in that moment. And that's a really real thing. Now, but this manga isn't about the, like, coming out process. It isn't about the, like, discovering yourself and and discovering that you are a queer young woman process, or a queer person process, it is about that these two queer women trying, learning how to be, how to really and truly be with another person. Because in Miwa's case, she's never had a girlfriend. She's always known she was she was only interested in women. She's always known she was always interested in women, and she, she she's always known she's inter, she's interested in women. But she also, and this is interesting because Seiko is not on any level a a virgin, and she so she's not she she understands that about herself on like a deep emotional level, but she'd never really put it into practice. On Seiko's side, she's known she was into women since she had sex with a guy in like middle school and she was like, no, does not feel the way I want it to feel. And which is not an uncommon thing in the queer world from what I understand. And she went, and, and so she ended up having a girlfriend, but was they were found out and outed, and her girlfriend was, like, deeply bullied at school. They don't show it, but they show, they have enough of, like, mournful panels of, the path, of her path for, her, for you to know that, like, man, like, her attempted to relate, her one real attempt, attempt at a relationship in her past fucked up this some of the other person in a relationship. She and while she says she's fine, she is definitely not fine. And so she's gone through her life since having girlfriends and having intimate relationships or what she believed to be intimate relationships and she just like she grew she grew up as a out queer woman who has experienced what that means and has had you know sexual encounters with people and that's fine but she there's a this saying I really love about relationships, about about specifically romantic relationships, and it goes, "Love is friendship on fire." And what that what that saying illustrates that I don't think enough people get about being in love is that 
you should be friend with the person. Like, you should like the person. If you're dating somebody who j drives you nuts, and you're, j like, in a way it's like they're not even really your friend, it's probably not a great thing. Like, your moments of intimacy are not going to be, like, deep and meaningful, necessarily. Now, it's different for everybody in every relationship, but as a general rule, you want to like the person you're banging. Like, you just do. And... To that end, lots of people believe that there's, like, a... There's, like, a switch that flips, that there's, a, like, a clear difference that happens when you go from just being friends to being in an actual relationship. And to a large extent, that's true. Be what I like to think about it is, even if, you start, even if you start being in a relationship immediately, being in a relationship is like two friends saying to each other, I agree that we will fuck. And that applies to, like, friends with benefits and... You know, all, all the, like, different steps and all that shit in between. Like, married and single and single with a buddy. <laughs> um, it's the best way I can describe that. But, and when I say, like, I, we, we both agree we will fuck, when I say that, I mean... Really, we both agree that we are going to grow closer and closer together. That, like, the barriers will fall away in a way where we end up together and intimacy will never... And intimacy is not out of the question. And... I am somebody who, because of my medical history and because of my background... I treat friendships in a really odd way. I am, like, completely friends with people. And uh, my two best friends are, like... There are certainly barriers there. There are certainly... Well, one of them, hi, Kie. Um, one, one of my friends, one of my best friends, Lauren, there's, like, certainly barriers... We, we at no point would be okay if one of each other would see the other just naked. Hi, Lauren. Um, but uh, me and my friend Kie are like brother and sister. And I'm saying Kie right now because if she's listening, I think she'll appreciate me saying hi since she's back in Japan. But the... Well, I'm trying to say that there's all kinds of different relationships. And everyone's, lots of people think that the way that you behave as a, as a close friend and as a lover are very different. But sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just not. But Seiko very clearly wants um, Miwa and once she and Miwa agree that they are going to date. Granted, when they're very liquored up in the middle of the night on the way home, she there's this shift. She starts like hanging on Miwa in public, starts putting her hand on top of Miwa's where there's an opportunity, starts getting closer physically closer to Miwa because and this is important to, like, the arc of the, um, I, I don't know if this is going to be volume two. I hope there's a volume two, because I want to see more of this. Um, the arc of Seiko's relationship, of, of what Seiko's character, is she goes from what she understands a, rela a relationship to be, to what she knows is her and Miwa's relationship. And I want to be very clear. I keep saying that. Whatever. But every relationship is different. You, every relationship you will have in your life will be different than the, uh, than the last version of that relationship. If you 
had a boyfriend and you have a boyfriend again, those two relationships will be different. They may have the same outcomes or they may have different outcomes, but like all the moving parts will be slight will be very slightly different. If you have a same thing with girlfriend, same any romantic any relationship really, not even friendship, lover, whatever. And lots of people seem to be under the understanding that relationships are that the rules to a relationship are all the same. Um, somebody who I um, somebody said to me like, "You broke the cardinal rule. You ate without a woman." And I'm like, I like gave him this look like, "Really? That's a rule to you? That seems more like." A thing you and your person have going that does not need to be going from, like, me and whatever person I'm involved with, yo. <laughs> it just, it just doesn't. In, in the same way that there are people who believe that men and women can't be friends if both the man and the woman are in relationships, if you want a, a just deeply ex excellent Example of that not being true in popular media, go watch, um, oh man, what's the name of that show? The, uh, the Black Judge show on CBS that just ended, but the, um, main character of that and side character have been best friends since college, and it's this awesome black lady judge and this, like, progressive white like, white as the day is long, blonde, chiseled, handsome-ass dude, and they are just... And at least the first two seasons, the first, like, season, has treated it like... There is no... There is no romantic fucking anything there. The funny thing in that show is the way he bases his relationship, he bases his actual, exist like, new relationship that he starts in the show with this other lady attorney... with this other lady lawyer is based on him and his friend and his friend the judge's relationship and she's just like yo don't treat your girlfriend like you treat me we've been friends for eons <laughs> that's fucked up to like heap that on top of a new person in your life which is a great moment where it's like huh you're right I fucked up I'll be back I gotta go apologize to my lady but it, that is just a, it's a great example of just, like, a romantic tension of something where a romantic tension could be there, and it's just fucking not there 900%. It's, I, I love seeing that as, as a guy who has traditionally had friends who are largely women... <laughs> I like seeing that because that, like, just lets me know, like, I'm not being a weirdo if I just try and be nice to a girl with literally no motive other than, like, you seem like a human who needs kindness now. <laughs> and I know that's not all guys and not all guys are jerks, not all guys are quote-unquote good guys or bad guys or whatever, but I, I like seeing... A non-romantic relationship, a non-heteroromantic relationship, in anything because it's it, it's it puts to bed the idea that like men and women can't just be friends. Ah, maybe fuck that. Maybe deeply fuck that a lot. But anyway, so. Seiko is one of the kinds of people who thinks she believe who believes this is an arc to relationships that like once you're in a relationship these things are allowed and once you're in a relation and once you but before that they are not allowed and Miwa notices all this she kind of freaks out on it and then starts kind of the I'm gonna say the main arc of the show which the, the main arc of the first volume at least which is them sleeping together. <laughs> and when I say that, this sounds like awful. 
but the thing the thing about and the thing that this manga gets right about sex is that it's not when it when when sex is raw when sex is like when sex is just at like a surface level it's about power it's about dominance and control and like all of those things being taken or given or all of that stuff but when you really boil it down when two people agree to bone down I'm running out of metaphors in my head for sex <laughs> I, there are on some level and this is agreeing to some kind of vulnerability and what I mean by that is like uh, even if you're a porn star once you take your clothes off it's literally just like you maybe some makeup and like you've got a hat you've got to work with what you've got <laughs> and especially if you're not a porn star and you're not like you've not like trained yourself to maximize what you've got in the best ways possible you have to trust that the other person will take that in for example once I get my shirt off I got two big old fucking scars on my chest I need to know that if I'm going to be with somebody even as a beach not fucking on the beach, but like go to the beach with somebody, they won't immediately be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna stare into those for the rest of the night, for the rest, for the rest of the time." And there's lots of body judgment. There's lots of everything mixed up in having sex, and there's even more mixed up for Miwa because she is had no experience. And on top of that, one of the things I know is true of the queer of the queer experience of growing up is that you don't get to see many um, unbiased queer relationships or unbiased queer demonstrations of love or intimacy or certainly sex that aren't like that don't have that don't have like a lens like an effect of the person shooting it and their opinion of it on on whatever scene it is and that's true on one side to like the negative, like the famous example is that all of the Disney villains, all of the Disney villains are coded as gay. Jafar, <laughs> the day is long. Ursula is a fabulous fucking ocean drag queen. Like Scar is fucking Jeremy Irons level of like sassy gay old man who hates the world I, it's i think he's actually voiced by jeremy irons which makes it even worse um because that is like that's in my head now but the it's important one of the things i know from being disabled and watching media and by the way i watch most of Crip Camp and it's amazing for this very reason is that when you are significantly different and that includes to all the forms of other in the world black, gay, disabled, female, whatever um, there is a very real thing where you're either cast as the villain like the bad thing or the 
of, or not just the good thing, but the fucking amazing thing. And I'm not going to say that things like um, Black Panther are not great, but the, it required so much work to be done before, in a large-scale way, people who are in some way other just get to be people in something. And and if that happens too early, like if it's just a gay kiss in the background of a Star Wars movie, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't, like, you were denied the, like, gift of having a truly gay Star Wars character because they are not a main character. But, so, like... You need to get past A, that being a negative thing, into it being an intensely positive thing, into it being an absolute good, before you can quite get to just it being normal. Because the important, the important part of that process is where it's just normal. And it's... The, how do we relationship makes these characters just people. They, they, it is under, everyone in the cast of this manga knows that they are gay. They do not give a shit. It, their relationship is talked about and dealt with in the way that relationships are dealt with. The conflicts they have are rooted in a real world that can be prejudiced towards um queer towards people who are LGBTQ+, but it it handles it in a real way. Seiko is not made out to be this, like, pinnacle of, like, you know, lesbian confidence queen. Miwa is not made out to be this, like, delicate little rose who just wants to love another woman because it's the true way. Like, I, that's not what it's about. It's about these two women and their experience being in a relationship. And... When you look at this, when you go read this, something I want, if, you, if you're going to, something I want you to think about, is think about if you've ever read... Um, if you've ever read or watched Caracano or His and Her Circumstances, how normal that story felt in the way it was told, and how normal how the relationship also feels. And they do an amazing job of achieving that normalcy. Because that, and the reason why I'm harping on this is because that normalcy is intensely important. Because... The thing you want, the thing that people are othered in some way want at some point in their lives, even if they say they don't, is to know that they that what they're doing can be allowed, is, is allowable, is something that the universe will tolerate, that you won't be crushed immediately upon like expression of something other than what everyone else sees in the world. Because when you, like, when you still have, and John Lovett has a great, great thing about this, when you still have characters who are a, a pop, popular media that overwhelmingly says, like, hey, this is what a, this is what a, healthy relationship looks like. This is what a relationship looks like. And it is a man and a woman. Or you have something like Glee, where, like... <laughs> Glee is so queer positive, it's like... It, Glee is like an American flag, if, like, a rainbow flag was a show and also a high schooler. And... I, that's not a bad thing. I don't begrudge Glee for that. But... Did, this is an aggressiveness to like, yeah, we're gay. That I, I, I don't... 
I think it, it is celebratory and it is necessarily, necessarily so, but that's a lot. That is a lot to put on a viewer who identifies with those things. And sometimes those viewers want that. Sometimes they go to those shows as these things of like, I want to feel empowered. I want to feel lifted up. But sometimes those viewers just want to know that what they're feeling is something that people feel and that they can exist in the world without needing to be something more. Because, and this is something that I recognize being a person of color and a, per, and a disabled person. I, lots of people who are in some way other feel that, and it's a very real feeling, why should I be your, why should I be the hero here? Why should, why am I required to be this like pinnacle of a, of an existence that represents like the world that re represents the world's progress and i i will tell you you know i when you ask people to do that when you ask people to be like model immigrants or model or model minorities is actually the term that's used you're asking them to do so much more than even a single other person would not in that situation in any way would do so what i mean by that is if if you look at me you're like alex is an incredible example of disabled success. You have to look at what that required. What that, and I know this is a big tangent, but bear with me, I'll get to it. I'll get back to how do we relationship in a second. What that required is I, you know, took my brace back to my brace maker until he made it fit in a dress shoe. I have been all over the world collecting clothes so when I wear clothes into when I wear nice clothes into an office, they aren't just nice. They're nicer than many people in any given office could acquire at all. I, I have like I have all the traits of a disabled person that allow me that allow me to allow you to ignore the fact that I'm disabled. And all of that, by the way, is a conscious thing that I have to do every time I set foot in a new, like, work environment. So, the reason why I'm saying this is because I want to stress how important it is to just have any kind of entertainment material, because it can be informative, too, of, you know... Two of two people who are in some way other trying to figure out how to be together and how to tolerate each other and and not not tolerate each other rather but how to how to not understand each other but accept each other and I said this to um the same guy actually who said you broke the cardinal rule you ate without a woman um I said. Lots of people forget that the first step to understanding something is accepting it. Just accepting it flat out. You, accepting you can't change whatever is in front of you. You just need to accept it for what it is. It's the best way to start understanding it. Because if you skip that step, you go straight to like, how do you tick? Whatever that thing is will not reveal that to you. That is the last thing it will tell you if it ever tells you anything. And this story of these two women falling in love with each other and starting a relationship with each other and ultimately sleeping with each other by the end of the, by the, end of the book and conquering all those things is about them learning about each other 
And at each point when they learn something about the, each other, they accept it. They accept each other's flaws and weird quirks and like everything in between. And, and this is the last thing I'll probably say about relationships. But another misconception of relationships, and if you want a great example of this, I, go watch, I mean, go watch Goodwill Hunting anyway, because it's Goodwill Hunting, and why wouldn't you watch it? If you haven't watched Goodwill Hunting, what the fuck are you doing? Go watch this movie with, literally, I shit you not, 37 instances of characters saying the word fuck in it, because it takes place in Boston. Um, go watch Goodwill Hunting. But, Robin Williams' character in that talks about his wife who died of cancer, and the way he talks about her is this deeply flawed, very weird, very kind of unflattering portrait of a person. And there's a moment with um, Matt Damon, and this is Matt Damon's, like, breakout fucking role. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Why are you... Like, shitting all over your wife's grave right in front of me. Hey, it's supposed to be my therapy session. And he's like... And... Um, Robin Williams says... Because that, that's what love is. It's accepting all the weirdness and all the quirks and all the fucked up things that come packaged with this other person. And all too often... People think that they need to, like fix and rearrange and like smooth out the person opposite them in a relationship. People think that those people need fixing. People think that because if they like somebody then they need to like the whole of them and that the negative things have no place in that. When the negative things actually have just as much place because they are part of that whole and they are what make that person that person. And it's this manga does a great job of demonstrating that because in the first in the first scene where it become after it becomes clear that Seiko wants to have sex with Miwa wants to sleep with Miwa is it, it kind of it escalates rapidly to Seiko kind of gesturing towards a love hotel on their way home from a, like, three-month anniversary. And Miwa is, just isn't ready. She just isn't ready. Can't get there, isn't ready. And she freaks out on Seiko, and she's like, maybe I'm not, not as big of a slut as you are. And that, like, <laughs> that is like, what, what Miwa just did there, and she immediately was like, oh, fuck, I'm, an, I'm the asshole now. I am the asshole now. Seiko is expressing her, her, like, love the way she knows how, and I am now the asshole. I could have handled this more delicately, but I called my girlfriend a slut. I, fl I am now the woman who slut-shamed my girlfriend. Congratulations to me. And... In, by the end of the manga, Miwa has accepted that Seiko, it, the way Seiko understands to express her love is extremely physical. And that is part of what she loves about Seiko. And Seiko understands that Miwa is the way Miwa is. And it, it Instead of instead of it being this like perfect meshing of personalities where there are no problems and everything is happy and we are going to Stepford and we are living out our lives, I the they have a real they it ends having it ends with them a ends with them sleeping together like it ends on, like, the beginning of them sleeping together. But it... It all coalesces into something... into a relationship 
where they are truly honest with each other, where they like know how each other feel about like their like various negative points about themselves, and they are not just in a relationship, but in a like truly healthy, very stable relationship. And I, I, I but it it's all and I can't I can't stress this enough. It's all done with this casualness to the story where it it feels in moments like they're having a fight or they're having a disagreement or that it's the like the last kind of last one of the close to the last arcs of the manga is Seiko, is Seiko basically gets like coaxed by one of her by her straight friend into telling her straight friend who by the way is cast as like not she her her straight friend is to put it her Seiko's straight friend to put it mildly is this girl who is extremely horny on Maine. Like, she's just extremely horny on Maine. And they... They go into her backstory just enough where you, like, understand that. And they basically say, like, she kind of came up in adolescence thinking, like, you know, you had to be a princess. And, like, if you go in... And she is still very, like, made up all the time, very girly, and because that's part of her personality at that point. But she reveals basically, she's like, the reason why I started hanging out with guys and why I go through boyfriends like potato chips is because girls are bitches and I hate them. <laughs> and it's, and the, and Seiko and this, I wish I could remember the character's name, and this girl's other friend, it's just like, very book, bookworm feminine feminine like girl who just very clearly just checked out of the bitchiness of like girl world fucking forever ago character kind of my fucking hero and she's and she just looks at her, the um like horny girl and she's like yeah you're not wrong People are ass, like girls are real assholes to each other in a way that is not normal. <laughs> and they, they have this, they actually have a scene eventually where um, the horny girl is having this like deep emotional thought and apparently voicing it while she's fucking a guy. And the guy's just like, can, we not, can you not do that right now? That's not. This isn't what this is for. This is not your time to meditate on your friend's, like, relationship problems that maybe you caused. But the, like, point of that arc is what happens in a relationship when you find out that you, when your partner voices something about, that voices an opinion about you that they don't want you to hear. <laughs> for lack of a better term. Like, what if, you know, your boyfriend or girlfriend said, like, oh, she snores a lot and I hate it when you weren't there and, like, you walked into the room and you're like, well, I'm sorry, and, sto and like, storm out. That's the equivalent of what happens in, the, in this, like, in this chapter. And by the end of the chapter, they do a pretty good job of plotting along and, like, Getting it to the point where, basically, Seiko calls Miwa a pain in the ass. Because Miwa is, like... Miwa is very... Is, is much more complex and honest with her feelings than Seiko is. And Seiko's, like, way of dealing with her feelings... With, um, Se with Seiko's own feelings is... Just, like, plow ahead and I'll, like, I'll get there somehow. Even if it's hard and fucked up and weird... Whereas Miwa is, like, very internal, very in touch with herself. It, like, takes things slow because that's the way she needs to do it. And also, whenever she, like, is very aware that whenever she doesn't, 
she fucks it up real hard. <laughs> and she... And Seiko finally says, like, yeah, you're a pain in the ass, but that's part of what I love about you. It's part of why I like you. Can we just go eat dinner? <laughs> and it's... It is that... It is that a more complex, drawn-out version of that scene from Goodwill Hunting. And I, I just think this... This manga is a great... It isn't just a great um, demonstration of how queer relationships can be. It is a great demonstration of how relationships can be. Because the reality is, is that any relationship heterosexual or queer is just too heterosexual or queer friendship or romantic is just even familial is just two people it's just two people like interacting with each other and like offering each other a level of trust that they won't hurt the other somehow and I, I like seeing that because oftentimes you get, you get, you, I don't know if this, because this, this was very clearly written by a woman. Uh, something about Tammy Fold sounds like there may be a female author. I could be guessing. Um, I could be very, imagine if I was very wrong, that would also be fantastic. But, um, it... There's a delicateness to this, and there's a the delicateness to this, and there's a truth to this that you don't even get in something that is at like the the thing I like about this is that take and this is my last thought, and then I'll sign off. But take something like Uriah and Ice, and if you noticed. In my Yuri on Ice episode, which you can go listen to in the podcast feed, um, I didn't talk about them being gay in that. Because that wasn't, that wasn't inherently that interesting to me. Because that show is so gay. <laughs> it's fabulous, but it's so gay that, like, every character is gay. And... Believe you me, if there is a universe in which that may be possible, it's probably competitive figure skating for men. Like, that is not out of the question. But, it, it has this fisheye lens, this like fisheye lensing effect that lots of anime, and especially anime about people who are in some way other have. And that is, the entire world seems to warp around the gayness of Yuri on Ice in that show. Like, it, it, not a whole lot of that show feels straight. It, it, there, the way I always think about it is like, if you watch a BET original show, there are not many white people in that show. And, while that is, while that can be the reality for people, it is not, it is not usually the reality for people. It's usually the reality is, like, you go places, you encounter white people. <laughs> it is not like Wakanda where there are no white people. Um, but the fact that this show features, like, other characters who are in relationships. It shows, like, all manner of relationships. It shows, like, guys who are just, like, doofuses and can't get a girlfriend. It shows guys who are in long-term relationships. It shows horny girls. It shows girls who are in relationships with a guy. It shows its main relationship is two girls in romantically involved with each other. It... It grounds it all. It it doesn't have a village people effect where it feels like they got one of every color in the rainbow kind of thing. 
it has a just this is the world effect. It has it does a really great job of being like this is a slice of reality that we have cut out and we have allowed you and we are allowing you to see unvarnished in a way. And it it's just kind of beautiful, you know. And I liked it a lot, so I'm like, I should talk about this manga because I it it it, it impressed me because it is so all about just not glorifying, not demonizing, but normalizing. Just like learning how to be in a relationship when nothing and it's not even really glorifying or normalizing queer relationship although it is doing that it's normalizing being in a relationship when you have very little to work with of how a functional relationship works i just liked it so if you are interested in reading how to a relationship you can go find it over on the viz um, manga app on anywhere you can get the viz manga app but um, it's probably also in print. You can probably get it from Amazon or, well, not a bookstore. There are no bookstores open in America. Although, if you're listening to this in Japan, which I know is a thing, first off, konnichiwa. Um, genki deska. <laughs> but you can, you can buy it wherever manga is sold. So definitely go check it out. I had a lot of fun reading it. And I think it's the good thing for people to read. And on that note, if you like this show, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using to listen to me right now. And if you like this show, you can also rate and review it on iTunes. Five-star reviews really help the show, but everything counts. Every, every, everybody gets a medal in this one. <laughs> and on that note, I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. And I will talk to you on Sunday.